Welcome to Clarity Convos for Wedding Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Aislinn, and I am so incredibly excited to get into today's episode. It is going to be so much fun because we have one of my favorite people. We're going to be doing a guest speaking podcast episode. I'm so excited. But before we get into it, I want to celebrate some of my Success Accelerator program clients who are absolutely killing it right now. One of my clients just sold multiple spots of her one-to-one coaching program, and she brought in thousands of extra dollars in revenue during a season where she normally wouldn't have new sales coming in. And she's also a new mom. So it's really cool that she brought in this extra income without having to book a wedding and not having to physically be somewhere at a physical time and place. So I'm really, really proud of her and very excited for her. And I just cannot wait to see what she does next. So let's get into today's episode. I'm so excited to introduce our guest today. We have with us Allison Davis, who is the founder and creative director at Davis Row. Allison, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so thrilled to be a part of really anything you do. So this is this is awesome. It's so funny because we, I think this is like the third thing that we've done together in this capacity. We've just never done a podcast episode before. Right, right. So like, we love an opportunity to link up and record ourselves talking. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't think we've, we've never made it so people could download it. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because we've done so you and I met, I think it was in 2020 or 2021. And we had a couple of like really amazing coffee dates. And at the end of one of those coffee dates, I was like, man, these conversations are just too good for other people to not hear them. And so then we did, I think, one or two Instagram lives together. And yes. they were, oh my gosh, they were the best. I still get comments from people about those like particular IG lives and just like wow. how good the conversation was. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always fun to chat with you and just like riff on different things because I feel like both of us are just so curious about everything um and we love to just like do a real deep dive into every single subject that we happen upon and so um I think it's always it's always nice to to talk to other people who are like curious and who actually really care about what they do and the people around them and so um I'm glad that it that it's been resonating with people hopefully this does too Yeah, I know it will, though, because like every single time we have a conversation, especially in public, I notice that like these are the deeper conversations that aren't happening in the wedding industry. Mm -hmm. So I know that like every time we have a conversation like this, it's just deepening the types of conversations that people have access to. And I'm just really, really excited for that and just really excited to talk about getting um, being a good teammate in the wedding industry and then CEO organization tips. That's kind of the general topics we're going to talk about today. And I Mm -hmm. think that this is going to be such a fruitful conversation because I am no longer in the wedding industry per se. Like I don't shoot weddings anymore. I was a wedding photographer, but now I'm not. Um, I'm a business coach. And so to be able to like kind of come at it from both sides of like the coaching side of things and also like you're still in it. Like you're still Mm -hmm. like doing the thing, having the conversations, (laughs) being at the actual events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm still in it. hundred percent. And yeah, it's it's. It's cool to hear your perspective on things um, as somebody who was very deep in it for a very, very long time. And now you kind of have, it's not, I mean, I wouldn't say fully an outsider's perspective because it's like a mix 
of being removed enough to like talk about it very openly and candidly with some reflection attached. And then also like knowing exactly what it's like to be there in those moments, in those shoes. So it's cool. It's really cool. I don't really know a lot of people who are in a similar position to you. Um, and so I think it's, it's always great for you to like be very loud about your experiences and your thoughts because you have such a unique voice. Thank you so much. And it's funny because like, that's not funny. It just is like people hire me because of that. They hire me because I have been through a lot of the situations that my clients are going through. Like my clients will be like, I don't think anyone has ever been through this, like, you know, particular situation before. And I'm like, hi, I have, it sucked. Let's go through it together. I'm going to make it suck less for you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's such a cool thing to be able to do. Um, And I think that's like, the best thing about mentorship is like finding somebody who's been there before and can help you get through it. But then you have that extra layer of like actually studying, studying how to coach people and how to motivate people. And so like, yeah, there's nobody out there like you. Uh, My heart. So let's get into today's conversation because you and I, we always have amazing conversations, like hands down. Like I always know walking into a conversation with you, I'm going to leave feeling refreshed and I'm going to leave feeling like more thoughtful and just like my, my eyes are always going to be more open after our conversations. And I think part of that comes from both of us are very much into this, this mindset of like doing better, doing better in our industries, creating better, being better for our clients, being better better for our vendor partners if we're in the wedding Mm -hmm. industry. So Mm -hmm. I want to open up this conversation around what you wish you saw more of in the wedding industry. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't always feel like I have like the space to do this, the time to do this, but I wish we spent more time learning about the roles of other people in the wedding industry, um, Mm. our teammates, our partners, not just our um, peers that do the same thing as us. So like, I think a lot of planners spend time learning from other planners, photographers spend time learning from other photographers. That's huge in the wedding industry, photographer to photographer education. But I wish we as an industry spent more time kind of cross training to make a sports reference. <laughs> I wish we like were like, hey photographer, I want to learn more about what you do and why you do it. I want to learn more about like film and editing and lighting. Not because I'm trying to do it myself, but if I understand your work better and, and what drives you, then I can be a better teammate to you because I have a better understanding of what you're looking for and I can anticipate your needs better and we can have a better time working together at events. And I think sometimes people think like, oh, that's what planners are supposed to do. But I think it'd be helpful if everyone did that. <laughs> I love that so much. Win. I love that so much. And I, it's, it's interesting because other industries have that other industries yes. have that, have like that apprentice apprenticeship vibe where like you yes. try out different disciplines. Like my, um, yes. my sister's husband, he's in the medical like field and he has to try out different disciplines before he chooses his discipline. And I almost wish like we had that in the wedding industry in some ways where it could be like, do I want to be a florist? Do I want to be a photographer? <laughs> do I want to be a planner? I actually, it's funny because like, 
my college years. So if you guys don't know the background, I was a wedding photographer for 14 years. So I started when I was, uh, I think I shot my first wedding at 17. So I was like a baby. I don't know why people trusted me at 17. But but during my college years and even my high school years, I apprenticed under different uh, people. So some of them were photographers, but during my college years, I actually apprenticed for, I think it was almost a year and a half. I apprenticed under a florist. For like, I worked in her shop. I helped her like make the florals. I like, I mean, obviously she checked everything, but like it was part of my college experience was getting working hours in my field. And I didn't want to work with a photographer because at that point I was already like five or six years into shooting weddings. I wanted to learn about something else. So I think that's so interesting because I think a lot of people in the wedding industry, they just like get into their niche and then never leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you are reminding me like I did the same thing a million years ago (laughs) when I was in college I decided I wanted to work in the music industry I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do but I knew that I wanted to get in there somehow and so I interned wherever I could so I interned for an artist management company I interned in music publishing I interned for a label like I, I spent time learning from people who are experts in different things. And then by the time I got into licensing, which is where I stayed for several years, I had like the added dimension of understanding what day to day was like for the labels. And so when I would speak to the people at the labels, I had an easier time getting to the bottom of it because I, I knew what what they were expecting. I knew what they needed and it just made everyone's lives easier. Um, I also worked for a florist, but definitely not for as long. I assisted a florist on one event and I was like, I am never doing this again. I have immense respect for floral designers. (laughs) That is very difficult work, very involved work, very detailed and exacting work. And I think people do not give floral designers the respect that they deserve, which is a different conversation. But I, I just am in awe of floral designers and I wouldn't be to the same extent if I hadn't tried it myself. Because there's nothing like that boots on the ground, real life experience, especially with florals, because it was so hard. Yeah. (laughs) I think one of the ways we could see more of this like cross training type of vibe going on would be like being in spaces where those conversations are happening with other disciplines. So like, for example, like my program, Success Accelerator Program, it's open to any niche within the wedding industry. So like we have... Mm -hmm. Right now, we don't have a florist in there, but I've had florists in there. Like, we we have planners, we have photographers, I had a pressed flower artist. Like, I've had a, a whole bunch of different niches in there together. And so sometimes mm-hmm. somebody as a photographer will come in and they'll be like, hey, I have this question about this one thing. Do planners like this thing? And the planner will come in and be like, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. And I think, like, when you're in an education space, it helps as well because everybody is is much more um open and comfortable being vulnerable um and asking questions and like just everybody's trying to grow together right um I think sometimes the atmosphere just isn't quite as welcoming for those kinds of questions and I I wish that as an industry we had more opportunities to kind of get a crash course in really anything that isn't what you do all day long. 
Um, Because I think we all have misconceptions about what the people around us do day to day and what they're doing on event days, on wedding days, what they prioritize. Um, And we could all just improve so much of of what we do and and how we serve our clients if we understood each other better, better. Yeah, I totally agree. And like thinking about like things that I wish I saw more of in the wedding industry, I feel like this pairs really well. I wish I saw more people in the wedding industry willing to be a beginner publicly. Willing, (laughs) yeah, willing to be (laughs) bad at something publicly, willing to Mm -hmm. sift through the like shittiness of being a beginner publicly. I see so many people who are so afraid to even try until they are quote unquote good. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you knew that you were going to be good at something in a year from now, why would you not start it now? And the reason is, is that because that people are waiting until they're the level of good in order to start. And I'm like, you have to be terrible. You're fucking creative. You have to be terrible mm-hmm. first before yes. you can be good. Be a creative. Yes. Act like a creative. <laughs> yes. Like, this reminds me of something that the great Beyonce once said. Nobody likes to rehearse. Nobody likes to practice because nobody wants to look bad. Nobody wants to feel awkward. Um, but that, that's the key to all of it. I hate practice. I hate rehearsal. I hate like stumbling over things. I hate making a mess. I hate having to like work through like the janky parts. I hate it. But I also understand that you're not going to get to the point where you're Beyonce or even half Beyonce, really, for being honest. Um, 1%, just 1%, <laughs> yeah, that's just, all I want. <laughs> just the fraction, a modicum of Beyonce without putting in the time and and not being afraid to look awkward. Yeah, I think to take that metaphor even further, like Beyonce is naturally incredibly talented, but mm-hmm. she honed those talents with mm-hmm. rehearsing. She honed those talents by showing up to rehearsal and probably tripping on her heels. She honed those talents by like the hours and hours and hours and hours it takes to get to mastery level of something. Yes. Like when Matthew used to make them run on the treadmill and sing to practice their breath control. The girls are not doing any of that anymore. And the only reason why Beyonce can get out there and perform like that and dance and sing at the same time for like three and a half hours is because of those hours that she's been putting in since she was like 14, 12, yeah. younger. <laughs> Dude, I can't walk up a flight of stairs without getting winded. <laughs> Tell me about it. I'm like, <laughs> even even like watching the the homecoming honestly like this is going to be me at theaters when the renaissance film comes out but even watching homecoming at home and like dancing and singing along while you're like cooking dinner and letting it play in the background like i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> i can't even get through half of it without wanting to sit down and she was up there for hours anyway anyway i could talk about beyonce for this entire entire episode but we don't have to do that we can have a beyonce theme episode of others yes please <laughs> <laughs> i can relate everything back to beyonce <laughs> i i don't know that i could but i respect that you could and i love it <laughs> <laughs> i didn't used to be this way something changed in like 2014 and now <laughs> now i'm here relating everything back to beyonce or uh, some sort of sport metaphor those are my 
my go-tos. <laughs> so you have produced incredible events, incredible events all up and down the East Coast. Like I, yeah. I, I could name a couple, but like you, I know there's some that you haven't even shown to the public, but you don't just produce weddings. You're also producing events. So we're kind of like this whole theme is about being a good teammate. And like, we've already mm-hmm. touched on like a couple of really great topics, but I want to know like you specifically, when you're looking for a creative partner, whether it's for your wedding or it's for an event, whichever it is, what are mm-hmm. you looking for? And like, what sets somebody apart? Like, how can you like see like a set of qualities or see a set of actions that they're taking and be like, Oh, yep. That's a good teammate right now. Or that's a good teammate right there. Or they will be a good teammate. Yeah. So of course, I'm looking at portfolio, right? I'm looking at website. I'm looking at Instagram. I'm looking at whatever thing you want me to look at so I can see the work that you've done. I'm potentially also talking to people who've worked with you before. Um, I love a good referral. We all do. And so somebody that I know and trust and respect says, hey, I worked with this person and they were amazing. They would be perfect for this event that you're working on. Then I'm probably going to reach out to you. Um, but then I think that's when like the real vetting starts. Like if I email you and you don't email me back for two weeks, already a bad sign. <laughs> if I email you and I ask how, how it's going and you email me back and say like, it's going great. How are you? How's your week? I hope you're doing well. Da-da-da-da. Like you get the nice piece going. Like that is a really good sign. Um, if you share everything that I asked for and more. If you have comments about the event, if you have questions about the event that are very thoughtful, those are all really good signs because it shows that you're thinking about more than just what has been put in front of you. Um, Obviously, I really want to work with people who are paying attention, who are communicating well, who can get on a phone call and have a decent conversation who are respectful of my time because I know that means that they'll be respectful of the client's time and the rest of the team's time. Um, But I also just want to work with people who are proactive um, because I know that if I email you and say, hey, are you available? Here are the details of the event. And you write me back and say, yes, I'm available. I would love to. I love working on events for XYZ cause. I've worked at such and such venue before. just curious, like, are you including yada, yada, yada thing? That's really, that's a really exciting thing for me to get back in an email, especially if I'm emailing several people, if it's a date that's really popular or it's like a tough ask. Um, Even if you're not available and you send back a really thoughtful message like that, I'm going to keep that in mind because usually nine times out of 10, that translates to somebody that is really easygoing on site to a certain extent, somebody who's fun to be around, who is like somebody that you want to see when you come to work, even when the event is hard, (laughs) somebody who will jump in and make stuff happen, even if it's not really their job. Um, That's the kind of thing I'm looking for. Like the communication that we have is usually like a very strong determiner of like what it's going to be like working with you. And if I get an iffy vibe off of you just from trying to figure out if you're available for the event. I'm not nearly as likely to recommend you to the client, even if your work is flawless. Yeah. I think a lot of people in the wedding industry, like they'll, they'll focus on like, Oh, like my Instagram feed is perfect. And like my website is perfect. And it's like, if you can't back that up with like critical thinking skills, communication skills, and being like a grounded 
nervous system like you know like your regulated nervous system like you are like Mm -hmm. able to like show up as a grounded presence on a wedding day and you're not like Mm -hmm. just a chaotic storm of emotions Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes like we got to be focusing on the the critical thinking side of things we got to be focusing on like the communication side of things I um I feel like about half my job as a coach is looking at people's emails and be like why would you say this like half my job it's just like editing people's emails and being like okay if you want to be taken seriously <laughs> you need to be doing this over here I actually I just did a training inside of my membership around communication and around leveling up your communication because it's so rampantly bad in the wedding industry email communication is yeah it's pretty bad <laughs> yeah I'm like glad either- that you're helping the people out with this because it's bad it's bad Either people like don't respond at all, or when they do respond, they're like trauma dumping, or they're like super indecisive and like giving you, William and I, my husband and I talk about this all the time. I need critical path information. You need to give me the critical information. I don't need more information. I don't care what color the bridesmaids dresses are. That does not affect my job. I need Mm -hmm. to know where people are going to be and what my priorities are and what my responsibilities are. So in the wedding industry, I see like this like information dump and people think, oh, that's how you communicate well. And it's like, no, no, no. Is any of this critical? Mm-mm. No, like <laughs> I think that in the wedding industry in particular, in events, we want to over communicate all the time because we never want to be the person that is the reason why something goes wrong because we didn't tell somebody something important. Like, I think there's this fear that we all have that we're going to forget to mention something to somebody and then get to the wedding and it's it's not going to be there. Like you have that nightmare where you get to your event and you realize that you forgot your camera and you're the photographer or you're the planner and you show up at the wedding, but there's no hookah because you didn't ask for one. Like stuff that you would definitely catch (laughs) way in advance if you've done it before. But it's still, that's still, I think, like, the 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 source of a lot of panic for us. Like, we're forgetting to tell somebody something, not communicating something clearly, and then having that turn into a disaster. So I think a lot of times people, in coming from that place of fear, just give you all the information you could possibly imagine for something, when in reality, sometimes that makes things worse. Um, if you flood people with information, they may not read all of it. They may mm-hmm. not read all of it for comprehension. Um, and then you just end up with people who don't pay attention to anything you send them, which is a different problem. Um, but when I'm communicating with people early on and just trying to find out like availability, pricing, style, that sort of thing, if I'm getting like text wall emails back, that's also a bad sign. <laughs> A lot of times those text walls are are a sign of um, some sort of like formulaic content that they're just trying to like use like as a catch-all or a one-size-fits-all solution where if they get an inquiry, they just send the same stuff to everybody that is like, here's a link to this, here's a link to that, here's an attachment, and don't forget this, follow us on Instagram. Like those kinds of messages, it's like, okay, well, you're not really paying attention or if it's somebody who's just like giving me all of their emotions in response to an inquiry like I don't want to I don't want that either because like time and place <laughs> and obviously as a planner I want to think about 
bringing in vendors that I know will do well with the client. And in weddings, the client can also include um, people of different generations, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, guardians, whoever. And sometimes you have to have a little bit more polish when dealing with people who are of a different generation than you are. And if you can't string an inquiry response together that is clear and concise and doesn't make assumptions about the level of um, casual relationship that we have as strangers, then that scares me a little bit for what it might be like when you get on site, you know? Um, there's just so, there are so many things to consider. Um, and I feel like, I don't want it to sound like I'm like looking for ways to trap people and throw them away (laughs) because I'm not, I'm just trying to like read in between the lines a little bit so that I can like match people carefully. And sometimes people just aren't the right match. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was really interesting what you're talking about with like having to have a little bit more polish when you're talking to people of different generations, because that's very much the case. Like we, we talked to all kinds of people when we were wedding Mm -hmm. professionals. Like when I was still a wedding photographer, like we had our team at Ace Portraits account. And like Mm -hmm. a lot of times, like we were talking to the father of the bride, or we were talking to the mother of the groom, or we were talking to like, you know, the mother of the like, Bride, bride, like all the different things. Like we were talking to a lot of different types of people. And like, mm-hmm. I think in the wedding industry, I see this a lot. People act as if you're their best friend immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. I, have, I don't know about you, but I have very different expectations and like responsibilities and like, like, like things that I do with my best friends over anyone else in my life. Acquaintances yeah. do not have yeah. the same kind of dynamic as my best friends. No. So <laughs> I think that's something I, I wish I saw more of in the wedding industry is like kind of like this like distinction of like, I can be friendly with you without having to be your best friend. Yes. And I think a lot of wedding professionals have kind of that low key, easygoing casualness as part of their brand. And that doesn't mean that you have to turn all of that off and write your emails like legal documents. Henceforth same, and furthermore. Like, like, <laughs> it may concern. <laughs> you don't have to do that. I'm not saying that you have to like throw all of your brand guidelines around voice and tone away when you are communicating with people who are older than you. Um, but at the same time, I think you you kind of have to like code switch a little bit so that you so that the people that you're speaking to feel like um, you're taking an appropriate tone with them. Um, because I'm very like fun and approachable and outgoing, but the way that I talk to my clients in their thirties or in their late twenties, I don't really get much younger than that, but I'm here for the the Gen Z, um, is different from how I talk to their grandparents when they get to rehearsal, you know? Still, they still get the same impression from me. They still see me as outgoing and fun and low-key but the approach is just slightly different so they don't feel like I am I don't know so they don't feel like I am too casual too easygoing because <laughs> yeah. you also want to gain some respect from people older than you because they do have a tendency especially when you're a woman especially when you are female presenting, especially when you are a minority, racial minority, they have a tendency to look at you and think that 
you don't really know what you're doing. You're just here to hang out. And so there's so many different things like swirling in my brain as I'm like figuring out the best ways to communicate with people. But I know I'm doing that. I want to work with people who I think are doing the same things. Um, yeah. Because it's so important. We're, we're a united front. <laughs> we're a team. We're all serving the same client. And that means that we are in this together and we support one another. But that also means that we have to have some consistency in how we appear, how we communicate, um, the vibe that we're getting giving off. Because if, uh, if the favorite auntie has an experience to where she feels like the videographer is not respectful of her, then we all have a problem. We're all taking that L together. (laughs) Yeah. I actually, like when we were, so my husband and I, like we like shot together. So I was the primary and Mm -hmm. then he was my secondary. So when I say we, I literally mean we. Um, So when we were wedding photographers, there was always this kind of like, get people on your side and like, get people on the same team and on the same page as quickly as you can on a wedding day. And there were different ways that we did that as wedding professionals. First, we made sure that we found like the wedding planner and made contact like early in the day to make sure, Hey, is there anything that got like moved up the priority list? Is there anything that changed that was really drastic that we need to know about? But also like one of the first things we would do when we would walk into like the getting ready room is we would introduce ourselves. And then we would say, if there's anything you need today, my name is Aislinn. This is my husband, William. He's also part of the team. And there's also the planner, Allison. Uh, If you guys need anything at all today, please come find us. Don't hesitate to ask. Don't talk to the bride about it. Come to us first. And like by doing that, it was like setting this stage of like, we are all in this to have an amazing day, creating an amazing space together. I don't want you bridesmaid talking to the bride about something the planner is supposed to be handling or that Mm -hmm. I as a photographer is supposed to be handling. So it kind of like... Mm -hmm. I think there's like little tiny things that you can do to set the stage for like everyone to be a team. And of course, like vendors as well. But like when you're thinking about the team, it's it's not just the vendors. It's also the people at the event. We, we don't want any like people there who want to sabotage the event. We want people who want right. to be there. Right, right. And I think there is an amount of leadership that's required from vendors at an event, um, from everybody not just the planner. <laughs> um, and and that's why I, I really like to like hammer home the concept of it being a team because it is like, I think sometimes people in other disciplines in the wedding industry can think that planners tend to see ourselves as, as the Beyonce, um, as the boss and everybody else is their employee. Um, we kind of get a bad rap. <laughs> not to say that all planners are not that because there are some planners who are the boss and everyone works for them. Um, but I think for me and for many of the planners that I know, we just want to make sure that everybody has a good day at work. And yeah. so we're doing everything that we can to make sure that everyone has what they need. Everyone is comfortable. Everyone feels safe. That's a big one. Um, because that is so important to the day going well. If you're having a bad day at work and it's someone's wedding, the chances of something going wrong are much higher <laughs> because you're just like not feeling it. And so I want to make sure that you are feeling it so that we can all enjoy it and all be successful. 
Yeah. And that's actually a really good point of like, if you're having a bad day, can you still be a good team member? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. So like I, I've mentioned this before. I was a wedding photographer for like 13, 14 years. Like I don't want to do the Mm -hmm. math right now, but it was somewhere in that range. Like we've had multiple deaths in the family, like during the 14 years that I was a wedding photographer, there was one wedding that was like, I think it was like two days after a funeral that I had to go to. And then there was another wedding that was like, I was waiting on the news that one of my family members was in the hospital. I was at a wedding. And so I had to set parameters so that I could do my job well. And I could make sure that I was like fully present for my clients while also honoring Mm -hmm. my own feelings. And I think this Mm -hmm. is where like nervous system regulation comes into play. This is where systems in your business for the hard days comes into play and also Mm -hmm. communication. Every wedding that I was having a hard day on, I made sure the planner knew what was mm-hmm. going on. And I was like, I'm not here for pity. I am just letting you know, if I need five minutes to go cry in a closet, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to come right back. You don't have to tell mm-hmm. the bride. She doesn't need to know what's going on. I'll tell her not on her wedding day um, or groom or anyone like, and so I just want to like point that out that like, if you think that like life has to not be going on behind the scenes in order for you to be a good teammate and have a good wedding day, you're wrong. Life, right. life is, life is good to life. Whether or not, whether or not you're photographing a wedding or whether or not you're planning a wedding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And communication is so key. Like, don't, don't wait for the planner to come to you and ask you. Are you okay? So that you can, yeah. Like, don't, don't wait. And also like, don't put that on the planner. Like, take some, take a little bit of ownership. Like, even if it's not necessarily something bad, it's just like, I don't know, like something happens, you forgot something, you have to go look for something, you are like, burnt your toast in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, really, like you stubbed your toe and you're trying to like walk it off, like whatever it is, because that is going to help the person who's running everything make adjustments to help protect you, because that's what teams do. That's what it's all about. So like, if you need a minute, that's fine. Let me know because I'll make sure that nobody can tell that you're taking a minute. You know, I don't want anybody to be asking where you are or like trying to chase you down and find you and grill you with a bunch of questions. I'm going to make sure that you're covered because that's part of my job. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this actually plays perfectly into the next question and like topic I want to talk about, which is ego. So Mm. (laughs) let's talk about ego in the wedding industry and how it stops us from being good teammates to our vendor partners and how it stops us being more creative. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> ego is a huge problem in the wedding industry. And we we do it to ourselves. We really we do it to ourselves. Like it is really hard to work in an industry where a lot of us are solo entrepreneurs and we don't have any guest people around us. We have to hype ourselves up all the time. There's like a balance to that that is really, really hard to find Um, because on one hand, you really have to be the one that tells you like, yes, you are doing it. You're out here making it happen, flawless, everything. But then on the other hand, you have to be like willing to accept the fact that you're going to make mistakes and you have to figure out how to recover from those mistakes because they're going to happen. But like you were saying before, we don't really have, in the wedding industry, most of us are not really willing to like publicly 
not be perfect at something. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's so difficult to like find a community where you feel safe in making mistakes, asking questions, even if you think that they're stupid, um, throwing things at the wall and see if they stick. Um, having somebody take a second look at your creative work to see if it's saying what you think it's saying, what you want it to say. Um, I think finding safe spaces in the wedding industry is hard too. And so for the most part, a lot of us are just trying not to let our ego sink us. (laughs) Or some of us are letting our ego sink us and not realizing it. But there's not a lot in between. (laughs) Like two sides of that spectrum. They're just very like extreme. (laughs) Exactly. There's like not a lot of middle ground there. Either we're like, (laughs) we're a mess in one way or a mess in another way. There are not a lot of people in in the the safe zone. (laughs) Yeah. I think so to me, like ego in the wedding industry looks like like a rigidity. It looks like this very like, perfectionism all or nothing thinking and it also looks like Mm -hmm. a need for approval or praise outside of yourself and this is going to like stunt your ability to be as creative as you want to be if you need something outside of yourself to praise you and to hype you up and to say like hey like you're (laughs) hey you're a good human like because I feel like that's like so often that's what people are judging themselves against like oh I didn't make a good piece of art I'm a terrible human and it's like seriously are we going to play that game that your worthiness is attached to whether or not you took a photo perfectly? Like by yeah, these standards. Oh my gosh. That's also tough because I think a lot of us attach so much of our self-worth to our work and our output. And that is not healthy at all, but it is very hard to stop doing that. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that our work is so personal to us and we are letting so much of our true selves show when we are at work but at the same time there has to be a line there has to be yeah and like if you're letting ego drive you and like drive your decisions like you're not going to be able to be fully present as a teammate because you're always going to be like thinking about like needing approval or thinking about like okay, well, no one said I've done it. Like I've done a good job today. So like, maybe I'm not doing a good job. And it's like this like self-fulfilling prophecy of like, well, nobody's told me I'm doing a good job. So maybe I'm not. So maybe I won't. And then all of a sudden you're not. (laughs) Nobody sees me anyway. Um, And I think ultimately that comes down to like the antithesis of being part of the team, only thinking about yourself and in your own world, tunnel vision. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm focused on. Um, here's what's important to me. Here's what's a priority for me. And like, yes, that can still include the client, but there are so many other players involved when they're talking about events, when they're talking about weddings. Um, and it is very easy to get caught up in your own stuff. <laughs> it's very easy to only focus on your thing, your priorities, because there's just so much that has to get done in the course of a, a wedding day and event day. But at the same time, it, it it helps to take a few minutes to like look over to your right and see what the floral designer is doing, see what the officiant is doing, see if you can be part of sound check. You know, like that stuff matters. It really, really does. Um, and you kind of have to get out of your own way in order to be able to participate fully in that. 
I mean, I'm not saying that you need to like, like pull up a chair with the band or anything like that. But I do think that it's helpful to understand like the, the set list to a certain extent. When are they taking a break? A lot of times, like the photographer is not necessarily paying attention to that. It might help if they did. <laughs> you don't need to know that they're ending with a certain song, but it might be helpful to know that it's important to the couple that a certain song is the last song, you know, and it, it's hard to pick up on those details if you're only focused on yourself and, and your own output. Yeah. It's just what you were talking about just reminded me so much when I was in high school and in middle school, I was on the speech and debate team. It was also called forensics. So I was on the speech and debate team and we were part of a team, but we were each individually competing inside of our categories. And so like, Mm -hmm. if I got knocked out in like one of the first rounds and I wasn't competing anymore, I would go watch my teammates and cheer my teammates on. I always Mm -hmm. knew what my teammates were doing and making Mm -hmm. sure that they like, you know, like that they felt supported and that they felt like they were being cheered on while I was also focusing on my part right now is to compete in this one round and to do the thing that I've said I'm going to do and to show up as fully as I can and do the best I can. And I think that on a wedding day, we can kind of take that like both and approach. I am one part of a whole and my part is important and I am part of a whole and the whole is important. And being able to function in both of those spaces, I think is so, um, I don't think it's a perspective a lot of wedding professionals have. And I think it would be a really beautiful one to start cultivating. Yeah, I love that. I, of course, of course, sports. Um, I think about tennis, for example, which is a very individual sport. You get out there in the court, you're by yourself. They just change the rules so that people can communicate with their coaches during matches because before you couldn't even do that. You really were out there alone, just like relying on the things that you learned in practice. Um, And when tennis gets together for team effort, like Labor Cup or Beijing King Cup or the Olympics, um, where players are trying to win their own matches to earn points for their teams, um, that's so much more fun to watch because the team dynamic is so special. Like you said, like you, you go out there, you do your best, you try to like make it happen for yourself, but also for your team. And then as your teammates are out there competing, you are fully invested in their success. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're on the court with them. It doesn't mean that you stand up there next to them and hand them their notes as they're in their debate. But it does mean that you're a presence and you're supportive. Um, and like you said, I, I am just constantly trying to like think of ways that I can make my event, my wedding environments feel that way for everybody involved. Um, and sometimes it really is just being like very um, straightforward, like, hey, we're a team. <laughs> but I mean, it, if that's what it takes to get people to feel like they're part of something, then I'm with it. Um, because I do want people to feel like they're part of, of something much bigger than themselves and feel motivated to really knock it out, not just for their own portfolio, but for everybody, for the client, for the guests, for, for the, the people that'll see this video later in, in 30 years. Like that's, that's, I think that's how we really get to that next level of 
of caring very deeply about what we do and delivering work that is consistently excellent. Yeah, you touched on something that like, like sparked something for me of like, (laughs) we were talking about ego earlier. If you're shooting a wedding or photographing a wedding or like doing flowers for a wedding and your sole purpose for being there is to get published, you are not being a good teammate. No, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying publications are bad. I'm not saying you should not try to get published, but Mm -hmm. your goal on a wedding day should be to take care of your clients and to serve your clients well and to show up for yourself well. Am I grounded Mm -hmm. today? Am I being a kind presence today? Am I making sure that other people feel seen, heard, and loved today? Am I making sure that I am taken care of today, that I'm actually taking care of my own needs today? Do I need five minutes to sit down because I'm winded because we're at 13,000 feet on a mountain? Okay, (laughs) I'm going to go take five minutes and I'm going to let people know because I'm a good communicator. So just Mm -hmm. like, I wanted to point that out that like we were talking about ego earlier and like being a good teammate, like ego is kind of like the opposite of that. If you're there for the wrong reasons, recognize you're there for the wrong reasons and maybe make a shift in that mindset. Please. Um, and it's it's a different story if you and your teammates have discussed ahead of time that you have goals for publication. That's different. But if yes. you are on a solo mission to capture imagery based on what you think will get accepted to brides that's when you you probably should take a step back and and really look at what your priorities are (laughs) you're saying this so gently and I was just like bam (laughs) knock it off (laughs) we got it we got delivery for everybody right like (laughs) people who need like a little bit of handholding and the people who need to just be direct (laughs) in your face. Don't do that. (laughs) Let's talk, like, let's kind of wrap this up with talking about CEO organization tips, because I think you and I are both like this really magical, like, uh, like intersection of like creativity and logical brain. Um, I, as a wedding professional and as a coach, I have so many systems. I have organization. I have management pieces alongside of the creativity. I think you are very much the same way. But I see a lot of wedding professionals who cannot get the business side of their business under control. And I really want to talk about ways to be more organized, but also to stay more organized. Yeah, I I have to acknowledge and be respectful of the fact that organization is not for everybody. I understand not everybody is a person who likes to make a list and check things off, who likes folders, who like labels, like that's not for everybody. I get it. However, it would make your life so much easier. (laughs) Um, And there are so many small things that you can do to make your life easier, right? Like you don't necessarily have to be um, aggressively organized the way that I know that I am. Um, But you can definitely like save some templates in your email so you don't have to type the same thing over and over again. Um, and there are some templates that I started saving that saves me more time than I can even tell you that I wouldn't have thought of before. Um, like for example, I kept finding that I was reaching out to, um, literally everybody on the vendor team and telling them things like the wedding is at this place. It starts at this time. Here's the name of the couple. So I finally just saved it as a template 
Hello? So easy. <laughs> I love to use Calendly to schedule meetings. So I literally just made a template that's just the words my calendar and it links to my Calendly. Uh, duh. Little things like that are so useful because, of course, when you say template, people think like, oh, yeah, like my welcome email. I have that, too. But I also have a template that includes the like little details that I'm constantly repeating. Um, that counts as getting organized. And it, it is helpful. Um, project management, helpful. CRM, helpful. <laughs> Google Sheets, helpful. All that stuff is great because I think the... The key, the reason behind organizing things to the extent that I do it is to save time. I put in time now to clean up my system, to save myself a lot of time and effort and tears on the back end. For example, I just spent like two straight days. Once I add up all the hours that I put into this, (laughs) fully revamping my budget spreadsheet. And now it has like five tabs. They all talk to each other. There's a summary page that's pulling from here, there, everywhere. And I had a one sheet before, but it just wasn't hitting for what I needed it to hit. And now I feel like I could budget down to the tiniest detail. I could budget down to a single fork if I had to, because I have this big, beautiful budget template. And it is going to save me the effort of having to write out a bajillion different um, formulas for each couple in the future. Stuff like that, you don't have to do. But if you do it, you know that you're doing future you a favor. Saving email templates, future you, it's a favor. Um, setting up a project with tasks so you don't have to try and remember what the tasks are every time you do that thing again. Favor, recurring meetings for yourself to um, do your bookkeeping. It's a favor. Like there's so many small things that you can do to save yourself time and, and also kind of free up some of your brain space because so many of us got into this industry thinking that we would just be able to be creative all day. And that is not what what we do. (laughs) Even the people who are doing the most creative, even the painters of of the industry, they don't get to paint all day. They still have to deal with invoicing like the rest of us. And so if you're coming up with systems and automating processes and all of those things that seem like overkill for your business, but really probably aren't, you are giving yourself more time to do the things that you got into this industry or this field to do in the first place, which is be creative. Um, And I'm all for that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I completely agree. And a lot of the things that you mentioned, I have like the photographer version of that, like when I was a photographer Mm -hmm. and now as a coach, I actually have a, an OBM. So she's an operations business manager. So like, I love it. It's so good because like yeah. being a coach, like there's things that like I'm, I'm learning like as a coach that I'm like, Oh, I didn't have to do this as a wedding photographer. <laughs> so like there's yeah. things that I'm, I'm like, okay, we're going to outsource that. Uh, but it was funny when you were talking about Calendly because I just set it up in my Calendly. Like I, I went ahead and got off the free version and I got on the paid version so that I can have multiple calendars. So now if like, if somebody wants to book a business intensive with me, I only take those on certain days of the month and I have a calendar where that's the only thing that 
they're seeing. If I have, you know, like a, an onboarding call, they only get certain days of the month. That's the only calendar that they're seeing. So like, if you guys want to get like, you know, nitty gritty about it, you absolutely can. But what that does is it allows me to be more in a flow state on the days that I have certain tasks. So like today is a podcasting day. I will get off of this call. I will go script another podcast and I will probably record a second podcast. I'm not jumping around task to task to task. I'm spending my entire day doing one type of task. And so I think that's one thing that I see a lot of wedding professionals talk about is that they're just like, just kind of like all over the place all the time. And it's like, if you would set up the systems to like engage within and to like live within those systems, you wouldn't feel like you were all over the place because you would know, okay, it's Tuesday, it's podcasting day. Okay, it's Wednesday, it's editing day. I know that I have these five weddings I need to edit and it's Wednesday. They're doing this day, this day, and this day. Instead of being like, oh, they're due in three to 20 weeks. It's like, eventually, (laughs) they have due dates. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I love that. I love that that concept of like getting yourself out of the minutia so that you don't get distracted by it because that's ultimately what's happening. Like even if you have an assistant, even if you have a team, it's really easy to just like fall down a hole of like sending a million emails about stuff that is probably better solved on a phone call. Um, looking through your calendar to like type out all your availability, like all those things, you you don't really have to do that. You don't have to do that. We used to have an email. I had actually forgotten about this. We used to have an email that we would send out to our second shooters or I would send it to, so I had Ace at Ace Portraits email and then I had Team at Ace Portraits and Team was Mm -hmm. my husband. So what Uh I would do is a week before the wedding or like a couple days before the wedding, I would send out this, this template email and it would say the date, the venue, the pay, Uh, if it was like a second shooter, I was paying the pay, the couple's name, and then brief description of anything that needs to be like noted by the team that's photographing it. And then I would also sometimes say the wedding planner, if like we hadn't already talked about it. And I would send that out to my team before a wedding day so that they didn't show up and they're like calling the clients the wrong name, or they show up at the wrong venue or anything like that. And usually I'd attach Mm -hmm. like a timeline too, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have to sit there and type that out every single time. Cause it was already a template. <laughs> yes. We love a template. We love a template. Um, and I am a person who can kind of take it too far. Also, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I Who's to say, who's to say <laughs> I'm very easily distracted by like fun and interesting and cool looking software. And like, did you know that there's a software you can sign up for that'll like do this one thing for you and only this one thing? Like I I fall for that all the time. Um I love to like switch over to a thing and then realize that the thing is like not really as great as the original thing that I was using to do the same task. Um and so I think if you are also that type of person, um every once in a while it's good to like take stock of what you have and like if it's actually working for you, especially if you pay for those things. Um, But I don't think most people probably are not that type of person. Most people are not trying to like scale back on their tools. They're trying to scale up on their tools. (laughs) Um, And like, I am not, I'm definitely not like out here to try and say to people like, Hey, let's work together on like organizing and like getting your life together. Cause like, I'm not, 
I'm not a good teacher when it comes to that kind of thing. However, if you want to get organized and you want to run your business very cleanly without a bunch of like minutia taking up all your time, maybe reach out to me because I'm just curious. Like I am very curious about like what wedding industry people in particular are suffering with because they would rather just like be in their creative bag all the time. Like if you hate emailing, if you hate invoicing, like send me an email. Like I want to talk to you about it just out of curiosity because we have so many tools that are marketed to us, but I don't know if they're like really working for us. Yeah. And this is actually something I do. (laughs) I do help my clients with this actually, both in Clarity Academy membership and Success Accelerator program, Mm -hmm. because same thing, like I really want the wedding industry to function better, better as humans and better as businesses. And so like, we kind of take like a two-pronged approach. Like if your business is not functioning, it's going to be hard for you to function as a human. If you're not functioning as a human, it's gonna be really hard for your business to function. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think about this all the time that like, there's like such a ripple effect of like, I could smile at somebody on a wedding day and they are having the worst day of their life, like, you know, a guest or something like that. And me smiling at them or asking them a really small question or like being kind to someone, it might be the first time that someone was kind to them today. So like, Mm -hmm. I think about the ripple effect all the time of like, if we could create more interactions like that as an industry and stop being so like in our, our artistic feels and be more in the, like the business of, creating experiences where other humans get to feel seen and heard. And we also get to have a good time while we're doing that. That Mm -hmm. to me is like a beautiful ripple effect. So yeah, if, if you guys need help organizing both yourself as a human, like nervous system regulation mindset, all that stuff. But also if you need help with like the like business side of things, both Allison and I have ways that you can work with us where we can help you on these things, which I think is the perfect segue to end us off on. What are you up to to these days? How can people work with you? How can people find you? Tell them all the things. Yes. So um, find me on Instagram, kind of. I say this all the time, but I'm trying to do better. Um, I'm always actually like on Instagram though. So if you DM me, I'm going to answer. Even if I haven't posted recently, I'm going to answer. And then I am always open for consulting and coaching. I like to kind of give people more targeted advice rather than just like talking about broad concepts all the time. And so if you are feeling stuck, you want to make a change, you moved and you can't figure out what to do with your business, um, you're tired of how things go in your business and you want to change it, um, let's talk about it. Let's let's make it a thing. Um, because sometimes it just helps to bounce things off with somebody who's already been there and seen it, especially if you're like early on in biz. Um, it's, you don't have to make mistakes that someone else has already made. Yeah. Learn from our mistakes. So it doesn't hurt as much for you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) please. I'm happy to tell you. And then also like I've invested so much into education at this point that I love to be able to share the things that I've learned in my education path with other people who are kind of looking to expand their like knowledge base. So I'm here. I want to talk. I love talking, obviously. Yeah. So I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes. So if you guys are interested in finding her or connecting with Allison, I'm going to put all of this in the show notes for you guys to find later. Let's just kind of wrap it up. Like any like rapid fire, like wisdom that you want to impart on people, especially around being a good teammate or just anything that like you felt like today, like was just like a good, like, this is what we're talking about today. 
Yeah. So I think my favorite moment of this conversation was talking about how being part of an events team, being part of a wedding team relates to being on any team, especially where the team involves performing alone. So you do your thing, you get up there, you crush it, you knock it out of the park. And then you go sit on the bench or you go (laughs) sit in the stands or you go stand in the back of the tent and you cheer everybody else on and you're supportive. You don't necessarily have to do their job for or with them. Nobody's asking you to do that, but you are there and you're cheering them on because when they do well, you do well. We all do well together. I love that so much. And I really do feel like that was kind of like, if if we had like one sentence or two sentences to like really describe like what we were talking about, like the core of what we were talking about is just like being a good teammate means being able to do the both hand. It means being individually exceptional and being as a whole and as a team exceptional. And so I think it's just important to kind of shift into that mindset, you know, like as you're driving to a wedding day, okay, how am I going to show up for myself? How am I going to show up for my team today? My team includes the vendors. It includes the parents. It includes the clients. It includes the random aunt and it includes the dancing couple on the dance floor. How am I going to show up for myself so that I feel good today? But also how am I going to make sure that my team feels good today? And just kind of like that both and I think is so, so important. So Allison, thank you. This was, thank as you. always, like the best conversation ever. So um, great. I'm so, great. so excited for everyone to listen to this. Thank you guys so much for being part of today's podcast episode. If you want to follow Allison, I'm going to be putting her information in the show notes. If you're interested in mentorship with her, you can send her a message. I also have Clarity Academy membership is open enrollment right now. And SAP Success Accelerator Program is also getting an upgrade very, very soon. So probably on the next podcast episode, I'll talk about it. It's going to, well, okay, I'll just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. It's going to be evergreen really soon. So it's no longer going to be open and closed cart. You guys are going to be able to join whenever you want to, which is really, really cool. So thank you everyone so much for being here today. I cannot wait to do more of these interviews. Allison, thank you again for being here. Thank you. 